Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. Today I'd like to talk to you about magnifying mirrors. Magnifying mirrors. As we close this series, I want to close the gap between who you are and what God has called you to be. I want to close the gap between how you live and how God has called you to live. How many of you know that that there's a gap? Maybe in a very practical sense, like how you want to look and the foods you decide to eat. Okay, I'm just preaching to myself this morning. But there's a gap. There's a gap, you know? How I want my kids to behave and what actually they do. There's a gap, and that gap is called the B-E-L-T, the belt. I can close that gap real quick. I'm going to get an email about that one. That's okay. That's how my parents closed the gap, and it worked for them. See, a lot of us settle for where we are. We say, what you get, what you see is what you get. You ever heard that said before? What you see is what you get. With no effort to close the gap between what God has called us to do and what God has called us to be, we just want to stay where we are. What you see is what you get. But I want to propose a change. I want it to be called, what he said is what you'll see. What he said is what you'll see instead of what you see is what you get. Because what you see is what you get is basically like, I am this way. This is how I'm going to be forever. This is how God made me. I am this dysfunctional. I will always be this broke. I will be this addicted. I need that substance to survive. What you see is what you get. I declare today to you that what he said is what we will see. That what God said about you is way more important than what even you said about you. So how do we close this gap between who we want to be, who God has called us to be, and who we currently are. I have one verse, Psalm 119. Psalm 119. If you have a copy of God's Word, go ahead and turn with me there. If you brought your physical Bible, you can turn with me there. If you didn't bring a physical Bible, but you have the YouVersion Bible app downloaded, we have all of our notes there. You can email them to yourself after you're done in the live events tab of YouVersion. Also, if you didn't bring a copy of God's Word and you've never downloaded the app, totally fine. They will be on the screen. And while you're opening up your devices, might as well check in on Facebook and let the world know that you're at Focus Church. You never know who's at home right now sulking, trying to find a good word, trying to find hope for their future. And maybe that one share, that one post might get them curious about what God is doing at this church. And it might spark a story of life change. Many of you are here because someone shared something about what God was doing here on the Internet. So feel free to do the same as you silence your cell phone. You like how I slipped that in there? Psalm 119, just verse 5. The psalmist David is, is struggling like we struggle. He's got like New Year's, New Year's resolutions. This is, what I, this is my New Year's resolution verse. How are those doing, by the way, for y'all? Y'all doing okay? It's still the beginning of the year, right? You're still going to the gym like you said you would. You haven't cheated or anything like that on your diet. Good. Here, here's what Psalm, th- you can relate to this if you're struggling with your New Year's resolutions. resolutions. Psalm 19, verse 5. He says, oh, oh. That my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Oh, that what I do would be consistent with what you said. Oh, there's a gap between my actions and your decrees. 
And David and all of us from the very beginning are asking God, how can we close the gap from what we're doing, how we are living, and where God has called us to and what he has called us to become? Could you acknowledge just today a moment of honesty that there is a gap? Would you say that there is a gap? There is a, I got a gap. Like, I, there is a gap in my life from where I want to be and where I currently am. There's a gap in this church's life from where God has called us to be in our future. And when you acknowledge that gap, I believe God can give you insight and steps on how to close that gap. There's probably a gap in your relationships, probably a gap in your finances, a gap in your commitment to the local church and your commitment to the Lord. Whatever your gap is today, I believe that our actions and his decrees can at least come a little bit closer after today's sermon. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. The chasm is wide. The gap is huge. But we decide today to take a step towards you and not away from you. We decide to reflect, much like a mirror, your decrees. May our actions reflect your decrees. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, welcome to church. I had uh, the privilege of traveling on behalf of this church and the Church Multiplication Network this past week. As a matter of fact, I think we have a photo to show you of all the churches that you were able to impact and we were able to impact together uh, over this past week in Tampa, Florida. There it is right there. 13 different states, 23 different pastors and teams showed up. Guess who they showed up to learn from? You. How crazy is that? They wanted to know how focused church does church. You were a part of that. So I stood up there all week long telling, bragging on you. Well, I got volunteers, man. Oh, we don't have no volunteers to do the greeting. We don't. I said, guys, we got uh, tons of volunteers. Our music's really bad. I said, here's how you get your music like this. And when, when, you, when you invest into this house, you actually enable us to reach 13 states, 23 other churches. A little golf clap for that would be nice because this is a global influence that is on this house. And as I was teaching these uh, 23 church planters and across 13 different states. They put me up in a hotel. This hotel had two mirrors. Had two mirrors. The normal mirror that we all have. And then one that would be called a vanity mirror or a magnifying mirror. With a light around the LED, a LED light around its edge as if I couldn't see myself enough. I would walk past this mirror in the morning. And I would use the regular mirror because the regular mirror is not as honest. It's not as truthful. And then the, the little swivel swung out to this vanity mirror. And when you looked up at close, I saw things that I have never seen before. I found our third location. Long lost cousins that I didn't know. With the, and I, I just, I found myself interested in how different one mirror was to the other simply because of how close I was. Proximity will always reveal the real you. So the closer I got to this vanity mirror, the closer the more I realized, wash your face, boy. Because from a distance, I looked fine, but up close, it didn't look so good. 
And what I believe that God will do in your relationship with him is he will let you live at a casual way. As a matter of fact, the enemy will let you live at a casual distance where you feel comfortable. But those that want to draw near to God, he will actually draw near to you. And so if you want to know more about yourself, if you want a closer peek into your soul, you have to come close to God. You have to come close to him. And you have to be willing to undergo the process of realizing that there are some incomplete parts of your soul that need healing, restoration, freedom. And I believe that when we, as we wrap up this series, David was struggling with this. The psalmist David, when he wrote this psalm, and, and he, he's basically saying, I know what your decrees are, but I also know what my tendencies are. I know what my habits are, and I know what God's desires are, and sometimes there's a gap. And what I want to do today in a very practical message is help you close the gap between how you currently are living and how God's called you to live. Wouldn't you want to take an inch closer there? I don't want you to leave this church going backwards. I want you to at least take a step forward. You came to the right place today because I believe that if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. And so how do we, how do we close the gap between my actions and his decrees? Number one is this, is you have to get close to God. You have to get close to God. No, it's not a, a, a tweetable, blow your mind sermon point, but here's the deal. Proximity is what fosters relationship. You aren't close to the person that you're married to. You're not going to have a good marriage for very long because you need proximity. And so how do we do it? We have to get close to God. James 4 Verse 8 says, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands. I love it. Just like my, my, my opening illustration. You sinners, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Does that sound familiar, or are you doing all right? Are you as close to God as you'll be for the rest of your life? I don't know about you. I even work for him for a living, and I still want to be closer to him. I still got work to do. And so if I'm willing to admit that, I hope that there was four people in this church today at both of our campuses that would be willing to say, if I draw near and he'll draw near to me, sure enough. I, I can't express to you how much God wants to be close to you. He desires a relationship with you. He designed you and formed you before you were ever born. He, he created you to worship him. So he wants a close proximity relationship. He's a close talker. Do you, know, do you guys know anyone that's a close talker? I have a friend who's a close talker. He goes to church here, so I won't mention his name. But you just, you know, you have to, like, be prepared for him, you know. I'm like, hey, uh, before, you, before you talk. You're close. You're such a close talker. You know anybody that's a close talker? God is a close talker. You want to hear his voice? You got to get close. God is a close talker. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. If you want to hear God's generalities, stay far away. I'll be blessed. That's far away, God. But if, if you want to hear God specifically, you have to get into the burning bush moments of your life where you can hear him say, take your shoes off. There's a huge difference between be blessed, free my people, and take your shoes off. 
the specificity of God's ability to talk to you will determine how close you are to him in proximity. I've met so many people that hear God's grandiose words, but they haven't heard God's specific words for them. When you get close to God, you can hear him specifically. Plant that church in Raleigh, North Carolina. I've never lived in Raleigh before. I've never even been to Raleigh before. I don't have a trust fund in Raleigh. I don't have a job in Raleigh. I don't have a house in Raleigh. I don't have anything. As a matter of fact, we only had one car. We only have one car. You want us to take our one car up to? Yes. Specifically, work at that Panera Bread. Are you sure? Yes. Walk by that person and say hello to that person. When God begins to speak to you specifically, you can now hear him more clearly. I just haven't heard from God in a long time. You got to get close. You got to get close. Matter of fact, God will draw near to you when you draw near to him. Let me, let me illustrate this. Let me get, let me get you and, and Dave. Come on up here, Dave and, and Ashton. Ashton is my barber. Dave is the associate campus pastor here at the Apex location. Come on, give it up for these guys. If my haircut is ever bad, this is the guy to talk to. If you want a good haircut, this is the guy to see. All right? It's Cuts by Ashton on Facebook. You have to book an appointment, and he's always booked like three weeks in advance, even for the man of God, which is really sad. You're going to play God today, okay? You're God in this story. You are me, okay? And uh, I want to get closer to God, as do most people, both of our campuses. They want to get closer to God, and, and, but you, you can't. You don't know all the steps to get closer to God. You only know one small step. Like uh, serving, like you do, you serve on the production team. You bring out the podium, which is uh, not a small task. That's a sacred desk. It's a big deal. And so you, you say, you know, I'm going to sign up for twice a month. So just take one small step towards God. Okay, now you're serving him. Now what God does in response to your small step, I want you to take a big leap. That's how God lives. Look at this. Did you see what just happened there? Well, okay, go back. One small step for man is one giant leap for God. Do you hear me? And so, okay, so you're here. You're like the rest of them. You're saying, okay, I'm serving now. Uh, you know, I, 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 need to, I need to get into a life group one semester. It's only eight weeks. Well, how bad can it be? Take one small step to join a life group, and then watch what God does through community and relationship. He takes one big leap. Are you seeing this? Go back, 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 go back. We have four eyes here at the church. We just covered two of them. Involvement, which is serving. Interacting, which is in a life group. The, the other two, the, the next one is, is investing. You say, okay, you know what? The Lord's been good to me. I know that everything I own belongs to him. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give a little bit back to him, 10% of my income. And then God's going to make up for the rest of it. And he's going to draw near to you. Does this make sense? Go back one more time. We have one more. It's called inviting. Inve uh, inv invite, invest, involve, interact. Those are the four eyes. The, the inviting one is, hey, you know what? I really... I like what's going on in my church, but I don't like telling anybody. But maybe I can mention it to someone at the booth next to me, you know, the hairdresser lady that's at the other place, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe the guy that sells me the, the shampoo wax thing, the, the guy that sharpens the, the straight edge. I don't know who you, I don't know. I don't know who you interact with. The guy at your gym, right? You go to the gym. You, look at you. you go to the gym, you know. You take your headphones out maybe one day at the gym. You say, man, Lord's impressed it upon my heart to reach out to that one guy. <sighs> take one small step. And you just, hey, man, how's life going? And then God meets you, and he gives you the rest of the conversation, it leads to you inviting them to church. Does that make sense? Here's how I put it. Stay right there. Stay close. It says this. this, this is, when I intentionally get close to God, he drastically gets close to me. 
Hello? When I intentionally draw near to God, he drastically draw nears to me. Can we give God some praise one time for these guys? Thank you guys so much. You can be seated. Love you guys. A small step from me cues a big leap from God. And so some of you are waiting on the miraculous to happen. I need to make a big, giant step forward in my life, and I'm just going to wait back here until I make that step. It's not how life works. Progress does not work that way. I, I, don't, I don't walk into the gym and go like, yeah, today's the day where the abs show up. <laughs> today's the day. No, it doesn't work that way. That's not, that's, that's, that's thinking that you could do the large step. No, you know what it is? It's like, okay, 45 minutes on this treadmill. I hate this thing. All right, I'm going to pass by that hot and ready light. I'm going to keep, okay, small step. Y'all, am I being, am I being real? Am I preaching to some of y'all today? Some of y'all just want abs to magically show up. It doesn't work that way. It's progress and progress sometimes doesn't show itself until the very end. And so what you have to do is take a step and say, you know what? I, 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 I'm ready to, to be closer to God, but I only know to do this. And some of you need to step up and serve. You haven't served. I'm just asking once a month or twice a month. You need to grab that black card that's on the back of both seats. You need to fill that out today and say, you know what? I'm ready to discover my purpose in serving. And, and, and some of you, next week when, when Life Group registration opens, you need to jump on it because it's going to fill up. You need to make sure. And maybe for you, it's like leading a life group. So you'll co-lead this time so that you can lead the next time. Maybe that's the small step. Or maybe you've been leading for a long, long time, and it's time for you to release another leader within your group, and you go start a new group. <sighs> small step for you. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe you just need to pray with your spouse this week twice. Maybe it's just like, God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for bringing us together. God, protect us as we go today. Protect our children. Maybe it's a little bit of carpool prayer. Instead of news radio, you just turn it off right before you drop the kids off. Even though they're mad at you and they didn't want to be there and they're just half asleep, you say, God, protect my kids today. Wherever they go, let culture not influence them, but they, may they be influenced by the Holy Spirit. These are small steps, and your kids hear you pray. And then they begin to realize that you're drawing closer to God, and then God is drawing closer to you. Am I helping anybody today? Good, good, good. Because I, I want you to take small steps, small steps to invite people. This next series would be a great one to invite them to. That, that I dare you to date. It would be a great series. Hey, you know what? I know you don't go to church anywhere, but man, my pastor, he's pretty funny, actually. At least he thinks so. <laughs> you should come check, check it out. Music's pretty good, and and we're going to be talking about dating for, for a couple Sundays. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, okay. I'll go. Because that's messed up. I've been, I've been in messed up relationships. Your friend's going to be like, I'm messed up. I, I do need that sermon series. And you never know what will happen if you take a small step. Because when you take a small step, God takes a massive leap. Number two is that you have to expect to hear direction from God. Our expectation is the breeding ground for the miraculous. It's so funny to me because I'll, I'll have two people tell me or give me their feedback on Sunday. They'll be sitting in the same row in the same service, and one will say, oh, my goodness, my life was changed forever. There are tears in their eyes. They're ready to commit their life, to go to China as a missionary. I mean, they're ready to go. They're ready to, to pack everything up. And, and on the same row, in the same service, with the same sermon, nothing different, nothing at all different. And they'll be like, mm, that was all right. Could have been better. What's the difference? It's the expectation level. 
Expectation will set the standard for what you receive. If you need more from God, come expecting more from God. If you need God to do a miracle, come expecting a miracle. If you want to hear from God's word and put it into your heart, then you need to be founded on God's word. You need to get here on time and lean in. A lot of times what happens is when we arrive late, it takes us 10 minutes to settle down because of the the traffic and the parking and the kids check. But if you got here on time, you could come with expectancy and you could say, God, from start to finish, what do you have for me? What do you have for me? Expectation changes your mindset and it changes what God does. There's a man at the gate. Peter and John's come and he expected money. And he didn't get what he expected. God exceeded his expectations. I wonder if what would have happened to that man had that man said, you know what, guys? I don't need your money. I need the miracle. We don't know what would have happened. Those guys had to convince him to change his expectation level. I don't want to have to stand up here every single Sunday and, and convince you to change your expectation level. You lean in. You shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You lift your hands before the worship leader has to tell you to lift your hands. You, you, you come ready to receive and watch what happens when your expectation level meets what you need. If you don't need anything, then that's fine. But I know I came in here needing a miracle from God. I came in here needing a fresh word from God. And so I know that my expectation has to meet what I need. And in order for God to exceed it, I got to come in ready and hungry. Same room, same row, but different results. Isaiah 30, 21 says, your own ears will hear him. That you have access to hearing the voice of God. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or whether to the left. When I can't hear his voice, I know I can read his voice. When I can't hear his voice, I know I can read his lips. That's through his word. The Bible is so important to your life. It is critical. It's oxygen for your soul. If God has been dormant and silent in your life, you need to get into this book. You need to get back into this book again on a daily basis. Don't let culture try to tell you that you could microwave your devotional life or you can blog post it away or that you could put a podcast on that will replenish or replace what the word of God can do for you. I came to tell you today that if you can't hear from God, you need to at least go read his lips in his word. Pastor, I haven't heard from God in a long time. you got to get in the word. you got to get in the word. The word is, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Uh, the psalmist says, to, to hide his word in my heart. I have hidden your word in my heart. I was talking with a pastor friend of mine. He was sharing with me. He, he said, you know why he said hide it? I said, no. He said, because when the enemy, when anybody, thief, when everybody comes to rob, when a thief comes to rob, they only grab that which is accessible. So when someone barges into your car, they're, they're just trying to get everything that they can. They're trying to loot everything that they can. When they barge into your house, they're just trying to get what they can see. So when the enemy barges into your soul, he's just trying to take what he can see. But if you hide the word, the word becomes the weapon. The word is the safe that nobody knew about. It is the latch underneath the floor that when you can grab a promise when the enemy tries to tell you who you aren't, you can grab a decree when, when the enemy tries to tell you something opposite. You can grab a hope, a hope-filled message from, from the Bible instead of allowing the enemy to take it on the surface. The word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And the reason I hide it in my heart is so that the enemy can't find it. Because he'll take what he can get very, very easily. 
The third one is this, is you have to obey immediately and obey fully. If you want to close the gap between where you currently are and where God has called you to be, this is an obedience message. No one likes the word obedience, especially in today's culture. We want to be free-spirited. Let them be creative. But you have to obey what God says. You can't not obey and expect God to do what he said he would do. Obedience, my friends, is the currency of the miraculous. Obedience is the currency of faith. Obedience, not certainty, is the currency of faith. So you have to obey immediately and obey fully. Well, what do I have to obey? You have to obey his word. James 1.22 says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. I love James. He, he hooked me up today. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, I love it. It's like glancing at your face in a mirror. Hey. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. You have to continually put the word of God to work. You got to put the word of God to work. You got to proclaim the goodness of God, the praises of God. If you proclaim only negativity, you're going to forget the goodness of God. Our memories are wired to remember what we should forget and to forget what we should remember. That's why you can remember the abuse and the destruction and the division and the discord and all the things that happened to you as a child. You can remember that. And it's hard to remember the promises of God that he knit you together in your mother's womb, that he knew you before you were even born, that he put you together. It's so hard to remember that which we should remember, and it's easy to remember that which we should forget. It's like the Bible says to do it. We have to do it. But not walk into a mirror and then forget what you look like. You got to begin to act on what the Bible says and what God says to do. Human reasoning has its place. Wisdom has its place, but God's word and God's will sometimes doesn't line up with your friend's counsel. I'm reminded of a couple in our church. God spoke to them. They were trying to get pregnant for many years. They were struggling with infertility. And after a message one day, a faith-building message, they heard the Lord tell them to prepare the nursery. What? You know, the pain that it would be to prepare a nursery if you have been years of trying to conceive a child? What color do you paint the walls if you don't know if you're even going to be able to conceive? But they did it. They went to, you know, Babies R Us and Motherhood and all those other stores and Pinterest boards and got all the stuff and set up the nursery, cleared out the office and set up the nursery. So people would ask, well, when are you due? I don't know. We're not due yet. God told us to do this. To the world, it looked ridiculous. To, to, to the people in their life, they'd say, don't burden yourself with that. But if God said it, he didn't forget it. And if he said he would do it, he will see you through it. So they prepared the nursery, and they just began to praise before God. God, may our actions line up with your decrees. Like... You know, David said, oh God, may, may my actions consistently line up with your decrees. And if you said we would be with child, then we will prepare the nursery. If you said that this church will grow, then I will continue to lead it. I will continue to pray. If you said that my kid's going to come home, I will continue to pray. I will continue to fast. Wouldn't you know, just a couple months later, 
They'd walk by that nursery. It was just a reminder of what God hadn't done yet, but what he would do. They found out that they were pregnant with twins. (laughs) Double blessing. Double portion. Prepare the nursery today, church. Prepare the nursery today in your life. Prepare the nursery for whatever God has called you to do. Prepare the nursery in faith. Start the business. Take out, take out, take out that, 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 that girl that you've been wanting to ask out that loves Jesus and she worships a lot, you know, that one you've been eyeballing. Go ahead, propose, ask her. Go ahead, take the step. Do what God's called you to do. What are you waiting for? Prepare the nursery. Prepare the nursery. I'm also reminded of one final story. Smith Wigglesworth, a revival time preacher. Tent revivals all over. I mean, tents full of people saved, set free. For days at a time, they would meet. They were having consecutive meetings one night, and he was walking into the meeting hall, and he heard God's voice because he was close to God. And when you're close to God, you can hear him specifically. God said, fifth floor of the hotel next door, 573. God told him, 573, 573, 573, 573, fifth floor, 573. He goes, God, I got, I got to go to the meeting, you know? I got to go to the meeting. He goes, no, right now, 573. Could not get away. He heard the audible voice of God, but it's louder than in your ears. It's in your heart. It's in your soul, you know? 573, 573, 573. Goes up, gets in the fifth floor of the hotel. God tells him, yell John 316 into the keyhole. I don't know about y'all, but that's kind of weird. Like we do a lot of weird stuff around here. That's really weird, you know? So because he's close, he hears God specifically. Don't, don't deny God when he asks you to do something weird because a lot of times it's weird when it's specific because it's God. So he goes into the keyhole. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And he runs away because he doesn't want the guy to think he's weird. He tells his story. He goes and he preaches the revival that night. Place was packed. God showed up. It was awesome. The very next night, comes back again. He goes to preach the same revival in the same stage. And he goes, you know, before I begin my message tonight, I want to give opportunity for testimonies in the house today. And this gentleman raised his hand towards the back. And he said, sir, yesterday I was staying in that hotel across the street, standing on a chair with a noose around my neck. And someone came and yelled John 3.16 through the keyhole and saved my life. When God tells you to do something, you got to do it. When he tells you to move, you got to move. When he tells you to act, you got to act. When he tells you to walk, you got to walk. When he tells you to shout, you got to shout. When he tells you to leave, you got to leave. When he says to break it off, then break it off. If he says to go, then you go. Wherever you want us to go, Lord, send me. I want to be so close to you that I can hear you clearly. So close to you that there would be no gap between us. Here's what I know. Stand to your feet at all of our locations. The gap between the mundane and the miraculous is usually the ridiculous. The gap between the mundane and the, and the miraculous is usually the ridiculous. I don't know what ridiculous thing he's called you to do, but you are stuck in the mundane and you need to close the gap today. Thanks again for joining us, and thank you to those who give generously to make this ministry possible. 
You can click the link in our description to give now or visit www.givetofocus.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, and while you're at it, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at My Focus Church. We'd love to hear how God is speaking to you.